Isaiah 49, 14 says, But Zion said, this is how you feel in exile, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and the Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Who is Jesus in your exile? What is so amazing is that he actually sits with us in our exile. He is our Messiah, our Savior, but he's actually sitting with us in our exile. Well, hello and welcome to the Meet Me and Isaiah podcast. My name is Marnie Clark. I am your host and I am so excited. We are starting a new series called Meet Your Messiah. It is finding Jesus in your circumstances through the book of Isaiah. Well, hey there. So I have talked so much over the last couple of weeks of just my joy of receiving healing with some chronic pain and health issues and just how God has answered my prayer that I have been able to just get back to life and feel energetic. And I'm, I just wake up and I'm just so grateful every day. And, you know, I've I've started thinking about this time of being in chronic pain and looking back and just trying to see what it is that God was doing and and who he was for me in the middle of the pain. And, you know, it, it was years, really, I guess, the worst part, the last maybe three years, although, you know, it was even longer than that. But I was thinking about with our new series, Meet Your Messiah, who God is when we are in exile, You know, the definition of exile is the state or a period of forced absence from one's country or home. And that's from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. But exile for me can be a time of sickness, a loss of a job, separation from a loved one. It's a time when you are waiting and you really a lot of times don't know how long you're going to be waiting. It's a long period of time. It's something that feels very chronic. And so with that, um, you know, just thinking about what are the results of that? Like what, if you right now are in exile, if you're hearing my story of being healed and it's like, oh oh, gosh, I really wish that were me. Um, What are you feeling right now? I mean, loneliness, depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, loss of identity, loss of identity. You know, you think about when you're in exile, you're away from your country. And if you're sick, you, for me, I started experiencing all this loss of identity. It was like, who am I? I thought I was an extrovert. And yet, because I'm so exhausted, and I don't feel like I have the capacity 
to make people happy. I keep disappointing people. I can barely get through the day. And so it was like I, I, I was becoming more and more introverted, more and more withdrawn. Well, it's fine to be an introvert if you're an introvert. But if that's not you, then, you, you know, for me, I was really losing a sense of who I am. And all of those things are happening while you're you are in exile. So I also looked at the definition of Messiah from MiriamWebster.com. And the first thing they said was the capitalized Messiah. They say the um, A was the expected king and deliverer of the Jews. And then B, it said Jesus. And so I thought, well, maybe we could combine A and B because that's who Jesus is. But anyway, um, it also said a professed or accepted leader of some hope or cause. And so you think when you're, you are in exile, that is when you really are looking for a Messiah. You need, you need Jesus. I needed Jesus so desperately. A couple of things to remember if you are in exile right now. The first is if it feels hard, it's because it is hard. This is like one of the hardest things you can possibly go through. You're in the dark you don't have answers, you feel isolated. I mean, it's just hard. The second thing to remember is that there are things that no one has the right to take away from you when you are in exile. No one can rob you of, of your inheritance, which in Christ are the fruits of the Spirit. I love it when it says in John, Jesus says, no one can rob you of your joy. Another thing to remember is that this is not a waste of time. One of the things when you're in exile, for me, with it being chronic sickness, was it just felt like a waste of time. And if there's one thing I really hate doing, it's wasting time by nature before chronic pain, especially. Patience was never really a, a, a great quality of mine. And so it just, it feels like such a waste of time, but there's so much going on, so much going on during that time. I mean, and thinking of my own time, I was desperate for God's word. Like it was funny one time I met somebody for coaching um, and I brought my Bible and um, of course I kind of have a little bit of an obsession with Bibles. I know that sounds kind of weird, but like, I love, I love God's word so much. And so I'm constantly buying different versions of the Bible, different times, types of Bibles, journaling Bibles. Uh, I have my one Bible that I've had since I was 18. And it is very, very worn, very much written in. And I brought that Bible with me when I was coaching a client, I guess about a year ago. And she looked and she said, is that your Bible? And and I was like, yeah. And, And she just looked and she was like, I wish that my Bible looked like that. I wish that I've spent that much time reading God's word. And and I, and I felt like she was saying it to me kind of in a like, wow, you're so great. You're so holy. And I'm thinking it is because I am desperate. Like reading my Bible is not like, oh, I should read my Bible. It has been, I need water for my soul. Like I need answers. I'm desperate. And so I think about these years, these last several years, and it's interesting, I I say so many times that journaling is so important. Well, I I went back and looked in my 
journaling started. I know exactly when it started. It was March 1st, 2017. And I remember coming to a point in my life where I thought, I'm so far from craving God's word. I'm so far from craving spiritual things. And and so I decided to do a 40-day journaling. I was starting, I was starting my journaling. I was reading a book that um, focused on sort of a 40-day thing. I didn't do a 40-day fast, so I'm not really sure. I can't remember all the details, but I started journaling and it was like God changed me. And I had no idea the pain that I was going to have to experience for those changes to take place. But I can see looking back that during that time of exile, he was doing so much in me, so much in me. I was reading book after book. I was, I was struggling with doubt and um, condemnation and frustration, and I, I was just a voracious reader and I I never even liked to read when I was younger but it's like I am just like I love to read like so many changes so many changes were taking place Um, so it's like who who is Jesus in your exile well he's your messiah of course he was my messiah he What is so amazing is that he actually sits with us in our exile. He is our Messiah, our Savior, but he's actually sitting with us in our exile. And one of the hardest parts for me in exile is a feeling of being left behind. I don't know if you experienced that, but if you have experienced chronic pain, illness, you know, whether loss of a job, whatever, it's, I I had this feeling that all the important people were out there doing all their important things, and I was sitting in exile. But the truth was, which the truth is literally what sets you free when, when you're in agony, the truth, what was the truest thing is that the most important person, who was actually God himself, had not left me behind, but he was sitting with me, whispering to me, comforting me, telling me the good plans for a future and a hope that he had for me. And he never, ever took his eyes off of me. He just didn't, not for a minute. And God is developing you and his good plans for you in your exile. This is not a punishment Jesus already took that on the cross. This is not hopeless because Jesus proved that there is always hope when he resurrected from the dead. But, you know, being in exile is tough. Even when you know your Savior is there with you, it's tough. I mean, just being real. But being in exile is literally unbearable if you believe that he has turned his back on you or you believe that he's not there with you. And I can tell you that because I had those times where I felt like I was alone. And, you know, so (laughs) the other, the other, the other thing that makes it excruciating is if you play the, why is this happening to me game? It is awful. 
It is awful. I mean, there's no way we can possibly understand God's ways. There is no, no way. There's just no way. Isaiah 55 says this so beautifully. Um, Let's see, starting in verse, let's start in verse eight. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. That is so encouraging because God is doing so many things. My friend Anna says her mom always said, when we see God doing three things, God's doing 3,000 things. He's doing so many things in your exile. You have no idea. I had no idea, and I still don't know all the things. But I love that he will accomplish what he sets out to do. I love that. And I've just got to go ahead and read the the last couple of verses because this is the hope and this is this is the hope that he whispers to us in our exile. He says, this is verse 12, for you will go out with joy. You will be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up. Instead of the nettle and the myrtle, the myrtle will come up. And it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign, which will be not be cut off. So... God to you in your exile. He first of all, he's all knowing. He's all knowing. So don't don't try to figure it out. You know, there's another chapter. This is not in Isaiah. This is Psalm. Psalms are so wonderful when you're in exile because sometimes there are just no words for how you're feeling. But if you can read a psalm, you can pray a psalm that helps so much. Psalm 131 says this, "O oh Lord, my heart is not proud." nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child rest against his mother. My soul is like a weaned child within me. So that's Psalm 131, 1 through 2. And I love that picture. I love that there's the picture of the weaned child of of a child who's satisfied that's just resting, resting, knowing that there are things that we are not meant to figure out. And when you're in exile and you're trying to figure something out, you know, I could have spent the rest of my life trying to figure out what was going on with me. But until God revealed it to me, I was never going to figure it out ever. I was never going to figure it out. So I wish that I had spent more time resting and less time agonizing and worrying and, and feeling guilty and frustrated. But that, you know, the, the comfort, the comfort that he gives 
here's some other verses where there's that picture of us being a child, a baby resting against our mother. Um, Isaiah 49, 14 says, but Zion said, this is how you fit, this is how you feel in exile. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and the Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. And so God was talking about Jerusalem, about the walls that were in ruins. He was talking about the ruins. And for us, it's like, Whatever your thing is that's going on with you. For me, it was the fact that I was barely hanging on physically was always before him. God saw that. It was right there, my name on his hand, Marnie, right there. He had not forgotten me, not for one single second. And he has not forgotten you, no matter what your situation, no matter how dark, no matter how hopeless. He has not forgotten you. And then you go into Isaiah 50 verse 10. It says, who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servant, that walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Holding God's hand in your exile, in the dark, resting is the safest place to be. It's the most direct way out of your exile too. you know, that rest, because whatever it is that I was doing was not helping. All of my anxiety and running around frantically and doing the things I was trying to do, it was not helping. So again, what is God doing during your exile? He is speaking speaking tenderly to you. And we see that. I just, I love these verses in, do I always say that? I love these verses in Isaiah. So Isaiah 40 says, comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. So in the light of the gospel, you know, I mean, you think about what is God saying to you right now? He's saying, saying, comfort, comfort, Marnie. He sent people all around to comfort me. And it's like, that's what he's doing for you. He's sending people to comfort you. He's speaking tenderly to you. He's saying, tell her her sins are forgiven. My son paid for those. You are no longer paying for that. It's all been paid for. God doing, he's preparing you spiritually before he acts in your circumstances. I can think of so many things that God was preparing me for. Um, and I guess I can go into that later, but he is, we said that before he's developing you. He's developing you spiritually for the next thing. And there are just certain things that we can never learn unless we experience them. I mean, we'd like to think we could, But God was working compassion in me. I asked him, starting with my journaling, I know I I can look back and see in 2017, I kept saying, make me a vessel of your love. I kept saying that over and over. And he was answering, he was answering my prayers. 
when he was allowing me to go through pain. He was working such compassion in me. And you know, it's, it's confusing, but we truly are the work of his hands and he is working things in us that we, we have no idea. But, um, Isaiah 64 verse eight says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. And all of us are the work of your hands. He is doing something. He's doing something in you during this exile that you have no idea. And then I'm going to close with this. This is not out of Isaiah, but this is Jeremiah. It says this, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought or cease to bear fruit. So no matter where you are, what your exile, what your circumstances, if you are connected to the living water, to Jesus, then you are bearing fruit, even when you can't see it. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this episode was an encouragement to you, please share it with a friend. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at info at meetmeandisaiah.com.